in today's show. It's time to look at the waiver wire. There's no basketball on, but there's still things going on. Injuries to Chris Paul, signings in Brooklyn. Michael Bolton's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All-Star Game is over. We've got a couple of days break. But you can still be active on the waiver wire because there's still news coming through and things going on. So, of course, we're going to address the issue with Chris Paul. We're going to address address no, we're going to address the signing of the Iron Shoulder Goran Dragic and all of that stuff going across the waiver wire. If you are here watching on YouTube, I don't know why my shirt is coming off looking so bloody bright. It's not actually that fluorescent in real life. It's like more of a pale lemon color. But on the screen, it looks like I'm wearing a highlighter. So, yeah, I don't know why it's coming across that bright. But here we are. We are we're looking pretty uh, looking pretty bright. Uh, Warney's had a good break. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the most added players, unless you start in Phoenix, because there is three. The three most added players are all Phoenix Suns: Cameron Payne, Aaron Holiday, and Cameron Johnson. And I understand the rationale behind all of them. Personally, the player that I made a beeline for was Cameron Payne. Now there was there's, we don't know what's going on, and by the time this show is out, we might get more information. But we had a report from John Gambadaro, who is plugged in with the Suns. That was it, I think, Friday, maybe. He said, the Phoenix Suns expect Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit to be back for the first game after the All-Star break. That's what the tweet said, which is right on that evaluation time for Payne with his wrist. It's right on where it made sense. And then um, Payne was interviewed, I think, the next day at a college basketball game, I believe, saying he was two weeks away. I don't know which one of these is true. I don't know if Payne is being overly cautious, if you've got his times mixed up. I don't know. We don't have any confirmation. But what I do know is that Cameron Payne started games in the playoffs last year for the Suns and was really good. And he is a better player than Alfred Payton and a better player than Aaron Holiday. And Chris Paul, we'll talk about it more in a second. He's a drop. He's done for the regular season, Chris Paul. Um... Like with Chris Paul out, they need someone to come in here. This is not a situation. Look, if you want to scrounge wins for the second half of week 18, then Aaron Holiday is probably your safer bet. Yes, Aaron Holiday is ahead of Alfred Payton. They might end up playing 24 minutes apiece, though. That's all, you know, 22 minutes each. That's a possibility. But if I'm looking for week 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, I firmly believe it's going to be Cameron Payne. And I don't mind sacrificing him as an injured guy that misses two, three week, two, three games over the next week while I wait for him to come back from his wrist injury. I don't mind that. Whereas I can get Holiday, I can get two good games out of him, three good games maybe, maybe literally zero good games out of him, and then drop him and miss out on pain. I could be, could, I could be dead wrong on this very easily. They might say, shit, we really love what Aaron Holiday has done, as no other team has ever done before. Um, as the Wizards literally just gave him away for cash. And he'll be a solid enough backup. And he'll play, he can play some minutes at the two as well. But I would much rather take the Cameron Payne chance 
who's shown that he can work as a starter on this team and be a really useful point guard. That's who I would take. Now, the other option is Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson getting a big boost is going to require a lot more Devin Booker playing at point guard. I highly doubt they will start Devin Booker at point guard and go Booker Bridges, Johnson, Crowder. I don't think they will do that. I do think until at least Payne comes back, we will get minutes of Booker at point guard because they won't want to rely upon Holiday and Payton the whole time. So that's what I mean. 22-22 they might play and then four minutes of Booker at point guard. And that might be enough to take Johnson from 25 minutes to 29 minutes. So he's totally a fine ad. If we're looking long-term, to me, it's Payne, Johnson, Holiday, and then Peyton and Shamit. Yeah, just really like scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're, they're all, all, Landry Shamit, one of the worst uh, fantasy players you'll ever see. So don't even worry about him. Um, but that's how I would look at it. Payne, Johnson, Holiday. Understanding that Payne may not be back for the first week of action once we restart. I understand that. And it might look stupid in the interim as Aaron Holiday comes out. But I firmly believe that Payne will be the guy who, once we hit fantasy playoffs, will be the guy getting 27, 28 minutes a night and producing close to top 100 value. The other most added players, some of them don't make a ton of sense. Denny Avdia, that one does. I like that. That's a good That's a good ad. He's been playing really well. It might change if Christos Porzingis returns. If Christos Porzingis returns. Porzingis. Um, but for now, he's looking really good. I don't understand people adding Dennis Schroeder. Uh, don't understand that at all. You, your, your time to add Dennis Schroeder was Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and now it is the time to drop him. He's not going to have this value as we move forward. I don't know what the hell we're doing here. No, don't add him, no. Malik Monk, yes, that's a solid ad. Um, with no Anthony Davis for weeks and weeks, probably the rest of the regular season as well. Uh, Monk is, I would assume, going to have to take on more of a scoring load. I think Carmelo Anthony is also a solid ad, as is Taylor Horton Tucker. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Luke Kennard, one of the most added players. Like, it's just going to be a raffle there, really. It's a lottery. Who's going to be the guy? I think it's probably Mann over him. But then you've got Batum and Kennard and um, and Coffey, who's in that mix as well. I wouldn't be banking on Kennard. The other interesting one is Goran Dragic, the most added player on Yahoo today. I would not bother. Goran Dragic is... You know, what's he played? Two games this year. He's been sitting out all year for personal reasons. And the personal reason is I personally do not want to play for Toronto. And Toronto personally doesn't want me to play for them. That's that's That was what the personal reason was, I think. And Dragic goes to Brooklyn. But what does he do? Does he maybe start games that Kyrie is out? Maybe? Possibly? Does he play over Pat Mills or Seth Curry? There's still Ben Simmons, who's a certain point guard who's you know, had some pretty good seasons in his career. So Dragic, last year, Goran Dragic played 27 minutes a night and ranked 153rd. The year before that, he played 28 minutes. It was 113th. The year before that, he was 152nd in 28 minutes a night. Hasn't been a top 100 player in three years. Last time it was 17-18 when he played 32 minutes, and he's not playing 32 minutes. He, he just won't. There is no way that I look at him as a 12 or a 14-team league guy, maybe 16-team, and it'll be very up and down. He'll be a stream option maybe when Kyrie's there, but Simmons, Curry, Mills, all those guys will get preference. It does hurt Cam Thomas. It does hurt a little bit of Bruce Brown, who are not 12-team league players to me. It hurts probably James Johnson somewhat. It's just an additional depth piece. I don't. I think they probably needed more depth forwards than guards, but what do I know? Those guys aren't available. Um... 
And yeah, I wouldn't be bothering with him. I don't know why people have added him as much as they have. Alfred Payton, I guess people on Yahoo have uh, missed the memo that they should be adding Payne and Holiday over Payton, but he's the second most added player on Yahoo, which makes no sense. And Terence Mann, yeah, okay, I don't know, people are a little bit, little bit behind on that one, um, given how he's played, but that's fine. Still adding him, and if he's available, you can go and do that. But football's over, we know that. Basketball All-Star game's over, but that doesn't mean that there's not still stuff going on. And this ad copy here says, basketball is in full steam. That is not a phrase, but I'm going to say it anyway. Basketball is in full steam for pro and college hoops. I guess you mean basketball is at full throttle. Basketball is um, is full steam ahead. I don't think you can say in full steam, but I don't think you care or I don't think BetOnline cares because they've got the latest odds, the props, and the totals. It's the number one spot, betonline.net, for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go on to the next part of the show, and we're looking at droppable players, as always. Maybe you drop them. Depends on your individual situation. But when I'm talking about this from a standard 12-team league perspective, these guys don't need to be held on to. And number one of those guys is Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley is a horrific, horrific, what am I going to say, fantasy or real-life player? Ha <laughs> ha, tricked it, it's both. He's actually really bad. And if he played 28 minutes a night, yes, I would think he's a 12-team points league guy. But he's not going to. So he doesn't need to be rostered really in any 12-team formats. Probably even 14-teamers. Gary Bird. Garrison Matthews. His value depends on Eric Gordon not playing. And even with Gordon not playing the last couple, he has doesn't done much. He's a three-point specialist where you can look at Paddy Mills or Duncan Robinson or Gabe Vincent or any number of players who can be Davis Bertans, who can be streamed into hit threes without being must-rostered. I think that's where he fits. The sad one there is Chris Paul. Of course, he's going to be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Six weeks puts us at what? The 1st of April? Do you actually want to hold on to him, burn your IL slot, don't have an IL slot, for him to come back when when is your season finished? The 3rd of April? Like best case scenario, best case six weeks is the 1st of April. So best case scenario, he plays one game in your playoffs. Now, if your league goes through to the 10th, maybe he's back for championship week. But he also, maybe he's not. It's a six to eight week reevaluation. So I don't think there's any justification outside of Dynasty and Keeper, always, always outside of that when I'm talking about drops. There's no justification for holding on to Chris Paul. Gabe Vincent, he's been dropped in quite a few spots, understandably, with the maybe return of Victor Oladipo at some point, probably return of Tyler Hero straight after the break. There's just not enough minutes there. Amir Coffey has struggled. Not a guy to really hold on to, I don't think. Spencer Dinwiddie, minutes went up. He's just not doing enough. And he's a guy that just needs a lot of the ball, a lot of minutes, because his value, he doesn't get doesn't hit many threes. He's not a good percentage guy, doesn't get many steals or blocks. He's a bad rebounder. He needs the ball in his hands to distribute assists and to score a lot. And he's just not going to do that in Dallas. Not worth a 12-team, probably not even a 14-team league at this spot. Hamadou Diallo has been much, much improved this season. I just don't think there's a large enough role for him to be anything more than a steals-type streamer. Maybe a 16-team league guy, maybe push to 14. That's about it. Dorian Finney-Smith is a droppable guy. Not that he's not useful enough. Like, again, if you have him, he would slot perfectly in as your 13th best player on a 12-man roster. On a 12-team roster, sorry. They're the 13th best player. But that's useless. 
that that's a spot that you stream through. So Dorian Finney-Smith has a solid role. He's a solid player with solid stats, and that doesn't really mean enough. We stream him through. We get more value out of that spot than holding him. Darius Baisley, again, I wouldn't rush to drop Bays, but with Wiggins returning, with Shea probably most likely returning after the break, pretty soon after the break anyway, Baisley's value, which had really skyrocketed, I think he's going to come down. He doesn't have to be a drop, but when you're looking to make the hard decision, hey, I need, I want to get campaign on my team. Baisley's there. Do I drop him? You're like, yes, that would be my call. Like, would I drop Darius Baisley to add Goran Dragic? No, I wouldn't. But it's he is in that mix where when there is someone that I want to grab, like you can move on from him. And the same goes with the wiki Chris Boucher. I just think with Thad Young there, with a healthy team, with uh, Achua and Birch, yeah, Boucher is just not going to get 24 minutes a night. He might get 23 some nights and 17 some other nights. And he floats around the 120, 140th best player around that mark. And it's just not worth holding on to. I know we fantasize about per 36 upside and look at the minutes when he does get him. But we're here, man. We're like two thirds of the way through the season. Do we need to be holding on to that in the hope that someone gets hurt when we're just scrounging for category victories right at this point? Again, it's not for everybody to drop because you'll be in a situation where I'm, I'm locked in. I've got to buy. Maybe I can hold. Maybe someone does get hurt. And then he puts up top 70. And that is totally true. But if you're not in that situation, then he's not a, I don't think, not a must-hold uh, player in uh, in most other situations. But if you want to hold on to something, why don't you hold on to a built bar? In fact, that's scrap that because you can't hold on to them because once they're in your hand, you're just going to want to smash them into your mouth because they taste that good. We know that New Year's resolutions, they often go out the window. Oh, I'm going to be so good. I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. I'm going to drink so much water. All my sugary treats are gone. I'm going to be off sugar. It's going to be low carb, high keto, whatever bullshit's happening. All right, we know that. But it's hard to do. You're going to go, man, I really feel like a chocolate bar. I really feel like some candy. You're going to do that. But why don't you just reach for a healthier alternative? And that's Built Bar because it tastes great, but it's low in calories, it's low in carbs, it's low in sugar, but it's high in protein. So satisfy your craving for something that tastes great, but do something good for your body. Go to built.com, use the code LOCK15 and do something good for your wallet as well and save 15% off your orders of Built Bar. Built Bar is, like me, built different. Let's go on to the must roster players. People like the format I did last time and that was putting some guys in, um, do you say italics or italics? I think I say italics. Anyway, beyond the point. The guys that are in italics are players who are must roster for category, but probably not for points. They're fringy for points. So let's look at them. If they're not in italics, and I'll, I just said it the other way around. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. The must roster players. Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I think across all formats, you've got to roster him. I know he gets hurt, but I don't care. He's not hurt now, so add him. Make sure he's on a roster. Herbalife Jones. It's trending in the wrong direction in a real hurry. Now, I don't think anyone needs to have any fear of Zion Williamson playing this season. And to be honest, just between you and me, I'm not even sure he ever plays for New Orleans again. There's a lot of worrying messaging coming out of New Orleans about Zion at the moment. They put out a, a promotional um, profile talking about this team and the future and like, oh, look at what we're building for the future. Didn't even include his name. Hey, it's CJ and it's Ingram. Look how great we are. And I think Valanchunas was the other guy they put on that list. Man, we're really building something, not Zion. And then the report from CJ McCollum, hey, yeah, I'd really love to talk to Zion. That'd, that'd be great if we could have a chat like some point. Like my guy, Zion, can you talk to the guy that your team just got? He's, he's cooked. There's no way he is playing this year. And there is very small chance I feel like he's playing for him again. It is a real disaster. That is um, 
maybe not getting the attention it deserves at the moment. And I know there's been a lot of, oh, Zion wants out. I think it's actually real. There is something real weird going on. Anyway, as for Herb Jones, irrespective of um, Zion, he's trending down. I'm still having him in category leagues. In points leagues, don't worry about it. Brandon Clark's a must roster across all. Back to the Pelicans again, Jackson Hayes. think he's a really strong um, category league guy. Points leagues probably is a must roster as well. Now, that could really go sideways. But what it is, is we're looking at, hey, opportunity. He started over Devontae Graham. He played 28 minutes. It wasn't his best game. No question about that. But I don't think you can leave a player like that on the waiver wire. You have to grab and you have to... That's a top 80 potential option if it keeps working out that way. So you can't leave it on the wire. You've got to grab and see what happens. Malik Monk, we spoke about earlier. There's an opportunity there without Anthony Davis. Devin Vassell, I think, is a must roster across all formats. He's going to start. He'll play 31 minutes. He won't wow people. People will be like, oh, he's... The amount of times I get people, man, just give it up. Give it up. Vassell's not must roster. Stop saying he is. Eh, he is. He is. I, I don't know what to tell you. He was a top 150 player in 26 minutes before the trade. Like, I feel pretty confident that in five extra minutes, he'll be able to jump up 30, 40 spots. And I think we've already seen him do that. Chumra Kiki is a nice category league must roster guy. I don't think he's a points league player, but he's eating into Bumba's playing time considerably. He's more of a steals and blocks specialist, but he's got a little bit of points and threes upside there. Cameron Payne, I think, is a must roster. Again, I said that already. I'd be adding him. LaMarcus Aldridge in category leagues. I don't know what they're going to do there, but Clarkson's out of the rotation. Griffin's very marginal. And Aldridge actually played more than Drummond last game. I don't know how they're going to run that continually, but I think Aldridge makes more sense next to Simmons than Drummond does. I think Drummond's probably a guy you want as well, but Aldridge is also a guy that I'd be looking to grab if he's available. And then Justice Winslow. Aldridge, sorry, more for category than points. Justice Winslow, um, I think he's a must roster across all formats. He's better in points leagues, actually. I don't think you want to leave him on any sort of waiver wire. Some upside grabs. It's going to take situations to change for this to happen, but the delicate dancer... Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. All right, we saw what happened when Wood was out. He put up a great line. And then Wood came back. He went back to the bench. We said this This was likely going to happen. Right? Unless you are in a situation where you can hold dead weight, you can't really hold him because it's going to take a Wood injury. Now, Wood can get hurt at literally any point, and the Rockets can over-exaggerate that injury. But it's very hard to hold Shengun through that. KJ Martin, again... I think, he's, I think he's a really talented player. His block rate has almost half this year, which is a little bit concerning. But there is still some upside for KJ. Um, I'd have him behind Shengun. Isaiah Roby, I don't know what they're going to do at center, but he's playing all right. I don't mind him as a grab even now to see what they do with him. JT Thor, that's a little bit further. That's a deeper league guy, but he's pushing his way into the rotation. Is there a chance that they just stop playing Mason Plumley and go with Harold Thor Washington? It is probably dependent on Haywood and McDaniels being out, but he's a name to watch. Isaiah Jackson I'm putting on this list because we just don't know. The dude's played like 150 minutes this year and people are slobbering all over him, acting like he's the best thing they've ever seen. Oh man, he's got... Oh, we've seen it, we've seen it. They really, they love him. I think he started like one game and had one good game and he's played like, yeah. He's played what, four games worth of value for this entire season? Four games worth of minutes? And while I do think... Um, I, I do think that he is the guy to grab for sure. There's no certainty around this. Does Miles Turner come back? Does Jackson play only five? Because that's basically all he's done. Does he play ahead of Smith and Brissett? There's still a lot of unknowns. He's the guy that I have there, but I don't know. Trey Murphy, who knows what goes on in New Orleans? Well, do they reassess and decide, yeah, Garrett Temple's not actually an NBA player and we can get our rookie in who's showed so much in preseason and summer league and get him to actually play? I know he's been bad in the regular season, but there's an opportunity there. 
And then Trenton Watford just got signed to a full-time contract as they waived Dennis Smith, Portland did. Watford has a real chance at some point, I think, to overtake some of the minutes that CJ Allaby is getting. Just a name to watch for those deeper formats. Let's look at some other names to talk about that are worth talking about. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. He's an interesting player. There is a role for him. He's still got to beat out Lamb and Holiday and Mitchell. But I don't mind him as an ad for now. But I think the upside's a little capped. Hull Neto and Ish Smith, i got no idea. It was Neto, 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 Neto. And then last game before the break, it was Smith. I went, oh, okay, that doesn't help, does it? Smith is the better player from a fantasy perspective on a permanent basis. So if they play equal minutes, we want Smith. And it trended towards Smith last game. So if you want to grab Smith, do it. But there's no reason to say that it's going to stay that way. Dan Gafford, i got no idea. Is Porzingis going to play? Gafford played 12 minutes in his first game back. At this point, it is not looking like Gafford is going to be a 12-team option. And I wouldn't be holding necessarily, but he's at least someone to be considering. Then we go to LA. I think Carmelo Anthony is going to be a 12-team league guy with Anthony Davis out. He's going to score a lot. He's going to play a few extra minutes. I think he's worth it. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, quietly, has been a top 120 guy over the last two weeks. Now, you've got to be able to deal with some bad field goal percentage, but his blocks are up, he's rebounding pretty well, and he's going to get some extra minutes as well. Not a bad option. Maxi Kleber's worth a 12-team grab. O'Shea Brissett. Again, I don't really think Brissett's a great player. I don't even think he's a good prospect, personally. Um, and it could get really squishy with him and Jackson and Smith and Turner and even Goga in that mix, and even the Red Rooster. But he's worth having for now and seeing where it pans out, but I wouldn't be putting all my eggs into the Brissett basket. And then lastly, Thad Young. We talked about Boucher before. I don't really know where Young fits in there. Can he find 24 minutes? I'm pretty skeptical, but he did close the game last time out with Van Vliet out. So let's just see where he fits. Let's just see what his minutes look like. Um, and he's at least an option to consider. And the option for you to consider here is to give this video a thumbs up. Write a comment down below. And if you are following audio-wise, follow it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.